Do you know that debating people who are committed to misunderstanding you can be toxic? We fall down that rabbit hole and it usually does not go well, especially for our hearts and our peace. You deserve better. Now, let me be clear. We are not the ones who need to defend anything. And at times, it's just best to speak the truth, share a resource, and sashay away. We are going to share a very intimate, personal, powerful email we received and talk about not wasting your time defending yourself or your beliefs. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday so I call you up and you call me down? Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. So glad you're here. My name is Robert Cottrell and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Hi. Hi. Well, again, welcome everyone. Connect with us at freedhearts.org. All we do is right there. And this is our last episode in October. So you know what I'm going to do? It's October. It's month number 10. We're in the middle of our, our 10th anniversary $10 pumpkin spice latte fundraiser. And I say that because... This is about as much money as a couple of pumpkins, or one, depending on where you're shopping in Starbucks, a pumpkin spice lattes. So many of you have done this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, but some I know listening have not yet done it. And please, it's $10. It's all we're asking for, $10. But we need everybody to come together to do this. You can, you can help support all that we do. We are a, a nonprofit organization, volunteer run. We don't take regular salaries. And, um, and so we only are able to do this through the help of kind people like you. So there are three ways you can do this $10. Again, 10 bucks. That's it. You can do it on Venmo, search at Freed Hearts, and you will see our logo. You can do it through the website, freedhearts.org, or go to either one of our Facebook pages or the Freed Hearts Facebook page, and you'll see Susan's, um, 10th anniversary, $10 pumpkin spice fundraiser uh, right there um, on the on Facebook, and you can give that way as well. So again, thank you so much for those who have already given. Really appreciate it. We're deeply grateful for you. And that's it. No more fundraising. No more of this other talking stuff. Right? That's Time it. for the episode. Time for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's our band. That's our live band. All right. Did we mention we do everything ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you so much, people. Thank you so much, people. <laughs> people, you people, <laughs> friends. Well, we often say, speaking of people, we often say that debating people who are committed to misunderstanding you can be toxic for you. Toxic, toxic, toxic. Was that a special effect? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fade if you're toxic, toxic, toxic. I, I changed ideas in the middle <laughs> Welcome to the Freed Arts Podcast. <laughs> we, we go down this rabbit hole of debating and it usually, you know, it doesn't usually go well, does it? <laughs> Especially for our hearts and our peace and, and as we gear up to uh, the coming year and all the elections and politics, it's certainly not going to get any better. So, but let me be clear here. Let me be clear. And this was transformational for me when I first realized this myself. We are not the ones who need to defend anything. So we need to just change that mindset. We're not the ones that need to defend anything. Don't here. defend, don't defend, don't defend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll stop now. <laughs> it's out of my system. It's out of your system now? Thank you. And at times, you know, as we've shared, it's best to speak the truth, share a resource, and sashay away in all your fabulousness. So... <laughs> 
We wanted to talk today about not wasting time defending yourself. Again, you don't need to defend, I'll say you don't need to defend yourself or your beliefs. Okay? All right. Thanks for listening. No. Um, so, <laughs> so we're going to do this through sharing an email. And we got this email. And I'm, I'm going to read it. And then I'm just going to turn it over to you, Susan, and let yep. you read your response or, or talk about your response. And yep. it was, it's just a wonderful email. Sweet young gal wrote this. So here we go. She said, hello, I've been listening to your podcast and it has been very affirming and lovely and has brought me a lot of peace. I recently have come to recognize my queer identity, which led my, uh, led to my parents kind of forcing me to come out and then very assertively and unlovingly saying how disappointed they are in me if I, quote, would believe such a thing, choose this lifestyle, end quote. And it had led me to question my reality and religion for over six months. It has been extremely taxing and exhausting for me to have to reconcile my faith with my identity. One of the scariest things that they said was just because you feel something doesn't mean that it's right or moral. They were talking about a crush I told them about and said that, quote, just because a murderer feels like they should kill someone doesn't make it right. And that has stuck with me for months. And my brain always makes sure to remind me of that. It's so scary to think about it that way. And I don't want to do something that is a sin. But I also feel so stuck and like I can't just live my life in good faith and love because I'm scared that I am as bad as a murderer for wanting to find love in queer relationships. It's caused me a huge flare-up in OCD tendencies and intrusive thoughts, and I'm scared to be myself, <laughs> which has caused suffering in my relationships and my thoughts about myself. I want to believe the good news that God loves me exactly as I am and supports my queer identity, but I'm so scared that I feel like I can't believe that or I will be, quote, justifying my sin. It's all I think about at this point, even though I am not in a relationship and don't even have any crushes or anything. I want to believe the good news of love, but unaffirming people are louder and scarier, and my brain likes to believe them more. But I am suffering really bad mentally. I have tried everything, reading affirming texts, reading the Bible, listening to affirming podcasts, journaling, and I've asked God for help so many times. I'm really stuck and I feel like I'm a bad person for not being straight and that I need to deny that in order to be acceptable to God. I feel disgusting and I just don't know uh, how to accept the message of affirming love, but I also just can't let go of the fact that it doesn't make sense that being LGBTQ is a sin. There is a war inside my head and I don't know how to make peace with either side. The message that I believe and want to believe is one of love and inclusion and that God created queer people, including me, for a reason. But my brain will not let me settle on that belief, which could just be anxiety or OCD. But I was wondering if you had any advice to accept the message of Jesus in the gospel because it's much easier to believe that I'm bad and need to stop sinning. People make it seem like being gay is the worst thing you could be and that God hates it. But I just can't believe that's true. 
Thank you so much for what you do, a very scared and anxious Christian. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a letter. Yeah. My goodness, my goodness. And as you read it, you know, I've already written my response, which I'm going to read. But as you read it, I've got like 10 more things I could say about just how unjust that whole situation is that the church is putting people through, the non-affirming church is putting people through. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and read the response here. So here's my answer. I said, hi, sweet baby. I want you to listen to me very carefully here. You have been brainwashed, made to believe something that's not true based on the horribly bad teaching your parents have internalized. You are not the first or the last person to suffer intense spiritual abuse because that's exactly what it is. You've gone round and round and round trying to make sense of this, and they have not done the equivalent. They have put it all on your plate to give yourself a complete internal examination, but they have changed nothing. So that right there is a very big clue that things are whacked. Where are they laying their lives down in this whole process? Where are they taking up their cross in this? I'm saying all this because we have to look at the context around this whole conversation, not just the content. Now, here's what I mean by content. I mean the ins and outs of whether being gay is a sin, what the clobber verses are, what does the Bible say. All of that is just crazy making. Think of it as a labyrinth. The classic understanding of a labyrinth is you cannot find your way out. There are too many passageways, and you can get lost in there. Someone will find your skeleton a hundred years later because you'll never find your way out. That's what these arguments are like about being gay. Can you choose it? Can you be gay but not act on it? Whatever that means. It, it, you know, that's craziness. So you've been round and round and round on the content, and nobody in their right mind can look at you and listen to your story and say that being who you are is a sin or that you chose this. Who could choose this? If you could choose it, you would unchoose it. And you've not been able to do that, have you? No. So there's a flaw in that thinking that you have chosen this or that you could unchoose it. Unlike the murderer they compared you to who can choose not to murder, I mean, do they really say no difference in someone who murders people and someone who loves people of the same gender? Come on. But that's what happens when you are steeped in fear, as people like your parents have been since the 70s and the moral majority. Thank you, Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell. And by thank you, I mean no thank you. Fear literally shuts down your thinking processes. So they're unable to see or move beyond their fear. They're literally in fight or flight. Being queer is not a sin. You know that in your gut. That argument is a done deal. My seminary professor said the argument about being gay has been over for 25 years, but people are just stuck in not wanting to move from it. That's what makes this conversation a labyrinth. The conversation about content that argues over scripture is a labyrinth. Okay? But here's the bigger question, and that is the context 
of your having been dragged into this argument time and time again. Why do they keep dragging you into the labyrinth? What is the impact of what they have done to you? How does it feel to you? The whole point of everything Jesus taught us was to gain peace with God. That's the whole point. You mentioned that it was the good news of love. If you look at the people yeah. that are giving you good news of love and they're being so unloving, you have to say, I don't think you understand the good news of love. I don't think that's good news. Yeah, yeah, that's not good news. And you're, t- you're insisting it is so you don't understand. So yeah. I'm not listening to you on this anymore. Yeah, you got more in the email, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I awesome. got awesome. <laughs> I got pulled aside. Okay, okay, so the whole point of everything Jesus taught was to gain peace with God. That's the point. It's not about obeying the rules in a legalistic sense, which your parents are telling you to do and the non-affirming church is telling you to do. If it were about that, then Jesus would have been deliriously happy with the religious leaders who obeyed the rules like that really well in a legalistic sense. And yet, they're the only group Jesus rips a new one because they've missed the point entirely. Have you noticed that? They're the only ones he gets really mad at, and that's what all this comes down to. Your parents keep dragging you into the labyrinth because of the bad teaching they've inherited. They're telling you to, quote, obey things that you can't even obey. You can't. You can't be straight if you try, and God knows you've tried. Let me interrupt for just a second. Yeah. I love the labyrinth um, because I I feel, as you just re- read that last part, I thought, you know, that's what the religious leaders did to Jesus. They kept trying to drag <laughs> yes. him back into the labyrinth. Yes, in, yes. Into the, the place where there's, there's no way out. He's trapped. Exactly. I didn't think and, of it that way. And every, every time, be it about the law, be it about affirming someone who they considered unacceptable, all kinds countless things. Right. You're the woman forgiven for adultery, all right. those kind of things, which we talked about recently. Um, uh, you know, he, he, he refused to play. Yeah. He punched a hole in the labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And they're like, hold on, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so, a very good point. No, Go don't be sorry. It's Go a ahead. very good point. Okay. So keep going. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, okay. So in Your parents' insistence, they have chased away your peace, and peace is the entire point. Peace with God is the indication that we're on the right track. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Jesus, let that be the controlling factor in your hearts, that peace to decide and settle questions that arise. To this peace you were called as members of one body, of followers of Christ, and be thankful to God always. End quote. Have your parents been thankful in all this? No, they haven't. No. Have they been thankful for their queer child? No. You have found peace, but they have stolen your peace because of their fear and misunderstanding. They want you to be afraid of God because they're afraid of God. Hmm. That's their inherited theology that they've internalized. They believe in a punishing God, a vengeful God, and they're afraid that if they miss a step, they'll be punished. 
That's what they've been taught. Also, just a little aside there, and not just punished by God, punished by their church. Absolutely. And that's that's a fear as well. Lose their friends, maybe their job, everything they're familiar with, their concept of themselves as a good Christian. I will lean back. I will lean back and let you go. (laughs) I may lean in again. Please. But that is not what Jesus showed us at all. And what you're suffering is PTSD from spiritual abuse. There's no other way to put it. And so you have to return to the source of peace. That's what turned a corner for me. When Ash came out at 20 years old and fought it in themselves because of what they'd learned in the church, the churches we took them to, we're sorry, children. But finally, Ash called me and said, Mom, I've stopped fighting who I am. I've started dating women, and I'm more at peace with God than I've ever been. That was all I needed. That's the end game. Peace with God. Peace in your being. Peace that passes understanding. That's the end game. But your parents are not interested in your peace with God. What they want you to to adhere to is their perceptions about what God's want wants as it has been taught to them. But they're wrong. They've been taught wrong. They they keep pulling you out to the labyrinth, but there's no peace in the labyrinth. They don't have peace. And the more you listen to them, including their voices that are already bouncing around in your head, the less peace you will have. You cannot obey your way to peace. You cannot legalistic your way to peace. Peace comes from stopping all the noise on the outside and the reverberations in your head and instead listening to that still, small voice Jesus told us about. Mm -hmm. Your still, small voice is saying, you are good the way you are. That's the good news of the gospel. It means astoundingly good news. You're good the way you are. It's so true, and you will never find peace by chasing impossible demands. So they are standing on piles of broken commands. They're not treating you with respect. They're not loving you as you are. They're not honoring your relationship with God or yourself or your relationship with God for yourself. They're harassing you. They're judging you. They're bearing false witness against LGBTQ people. I could go on and on and on. And I don't say this to divert attention to them because you can only deal with you, not them. And they haven't asked for my opinion. But I want you to see that their whole system is broken. Their whole system of judgment and rules, rules requirement, trying to make you something you're not, that whole system is broken. Actually, you know, the entire system from the start, from the concept of it, is built on exclusion. Oh, yes, it is. Yes. And so if you take away their ability to exclude, the, the whole system they, falls apart. Right. What that's have right. they got now? That's right. Okay. That's, that's great. And also Jesus said, I, I came to give you the, reconcili- uh, the ministry of reconciliation, the service to reconcile. Okay. It, so, so this whole system has never worked. It never will work. And the labyrinth, the labyrinth is built from other people's broken bones. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You can't point out 
point that out to them because they can't hear it. They just can't hear it. So your whole job, your entire job is to clear your headspace so you can be at peace. It's like you, all your family are hoarders and you've got to clear your own house and not accept any more of their hoarded goods. So remember how Jesus said you will never serve God and mammon? Well, mammon means the world system, the broken world system of exchange, of the commodification of people, of being transactional in our relationships, of you do this and I'll give you that, etc. That is so not God. That transactional system, which is what they're asking of you, what they keep pushing you into, is not God. But you cannot find peace with God in a transactional relationship. It just doesn't work. God was never meant to be transactional, never wanted us to be. So I'm really sorry you're going through this. You who wrote the email and everybody listening, I see it every single day and it pisses me off because it's so unjust and so unchristian, meaning so unlike Christ. It's very Christian and what Christianity has come to mean in the conservative areas. And it's heartbreaking. So here are the action steps. You want to rebuild a solid foundation for yourself that you can stand on so you can more easily reject the BS, the legalism that comes at you, that you're being asked to buy into. Here's that foundation. You had utter peace when you listened to your heart about this. You knew that being who you are, being queer, is not a sin. You know that. Because it so goes against God's character. God is all about love and inclusion, even though we've been taught the opposite. You can't change this about you. You know that. You've tried. And how would God create you in a way that is unacceptable and then not lift a finger to help and then hold you in contempt for that? That makes no sense. You know who did that, though? Religious leaders of Jesus' day that he ripped to shreds, not God. And you and I both want no part of a God who would do that. You know that God is not fear. You and I both want no part of a God of fear. You know that you are not a bad person, that you are not disgusting. Sorry if that's a trigger word. All the things you've been told are not true. And your last sentence summed it up. People make it seem like being gay is the worst thing you could be and that God hates it. But I just can't believe that's true. That's right. That's exactly right. I can't believe it either. And I wouldn't want any part of a God who would. And that scary, disgusted God is not what Jesus showed us. He showed us a love who, a God who loves you entirely with no conditions. If there are conditions, it's not love. It's not God. It's not God, and it's not love. It's not unconditional love, is it? Your fear, those loops in your head, are you having been programmed like a cult programs people. And the first thing you do when you're in a cult is to get away. Stay far away from the edge of the labyrinth. I don't know what you're in a position to say. That is, I don't know if you're there paying the bills or we'll throw you out or any of that. But if you're able, it would be 
very helpful for you to say, I'm not willing to talk with you about this. And they'll say, well, you should be able to talk to us about this. And you'll say, I'm not willing to talk with you about this. And they'll say, that's because you're convicted by what we say. And you'll say, I'm not willing to talk with you about this. And they'll say, you should honor your father and your mother. That is not what that verse means. And you'll say, I'm not willing to talk with you about this. That's the loop you can put in your head. That's the loop to put in your head. Right. And you will keep saying that because as soon as you get into the content of it, as soon as you let them in, lead you into the labyrinth, then you're back in the cultish programming. Do you see that? And you'll be tempted to say, I'll just make this one very reasonable point that any sane person could understand, like the points I've said above, but they're not sane. (laughs) They're not sane, meaning they won't hear you. They're already full up with their conditioning because they've been brainwashed in a fear of a condemning God. I mean, they don't know the difference between a gay person and a murderer. That is not sane. They're literally in fight or flight. And worse, then they've put you back in the debate. If you even answer one reasonable thing, you're back in the debate. You walk back into the labyrinth of the cult. And people suffer in labyrinths because they get lost and they can't find their way out. We don't want that for you. So good luck on your journey back to peace, which is a moment-by-moment choice. Peace is in the moment. If you find your thoughts have pulled you back into the labyrinth, just say, nope, I'm getting out of here. God, give me a hand out of here. Or spirit or Jesus, whatever you like that's not triggering for you. Much love to you, Susan. Now, she wrote back. Do you want me to read that part where she yeah. wrote back? Yeah, yep. So <clears throat> that was wonderful, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. That's one of your, your typical short, brief emails. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 it takes so much time. I'm like, well, at least I can use it in the podcast. So it doubles my time well, on this. Well, here's, here's the impact of it here for her. She wrote yeah. back and said, thank you so much for such a wonderful and lengthy reply. I would love to hear more about all of this in a podcast using my email. Well, here you go. <laughs> Well, I'd mentioned I might, and so yeah. she was giving me permission. Yeah. yeah. She continues, your response actually changed my life. Back when my parents had the first conversation six months ago, I went to see a pastor at my parents' request who ended up telling me that whatever I decided on the issue, I better ask God for peace in the right answer. And whichever it ended up being, I had to be willing to make hard decisions based on which... Um, which, Which one? one gave her peace? Let me, let me say yeah. kudos to that yeah, pastor. That's, that's good. To, to say, you know, seek God's peace about this Trust and whatever that is, yeah. that's the direction to yeah. go. That's every pastor should be saying mm-hmm. that. Every well priest. Yeah. So she continues, my parents did not like that answer <laughs> and said that pastor was just trying to make me feel better. But since then I've been going crazy trying to figure out what the right answer is and searching for that peace inside the labyrinth. But after reading your email, I realized that the peace has been with me all along. Can I pause you for a sec? Sure. It's very interesting that the pastor wants her to feel better, but the parents really want her, but her parents' input has made her feel crazy. Which one do you think you should listen to? The one that makes you feel better or the one that makes you crazy? (laughs) A a child can tell you the answer to that. Okay, go ahead. 
So again, she said, after you're reading your email, I realized that the peace has been with me all along. I was just I was just (laughs) caught in the labyrinth and very often pulled back into it, which has caused me great stress and confusion, not peace. I've been ignoring my heart and that still small voice in order to find my own way through the labyrinth in order to somehow prove that I'm okay. But now I realize that my parents and some other people who call themselves Christians are the ones who have caused me to keep going back into the labyrinth. Yes. And the labyrinth has been taking away my peace, not God. Yes. Obviously, I still have a lot of things to clean out of my brain, but your email caused me to reflect and really took a huge weight off my shoulders. Oh, so happy. The whole time God has been saying, you're all good, but I've been too busy ignoring that and saying, no, I can't be because my parents don't think so. And neither do all these Christians and neither does this article. I should read more and I should uh, not be accepting myself as I am. All all of that is a conditioned response. Sure, sure. Yeah. She continues, but from now on, I'm going to lean into that peace and acceptance of myself and God and see what happens. <laughs> I haven't gone back into the Let labyrinth. guess. You're going to have peace. <laughs> I haven't gone back into the labyrinth these past few days, and it's allowed me to feel more settled and not be in fight or flight. With my parents, I went back into the closet. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they think of me and if they think it just went away, but it's safer for me now to wait until I can support myself and have more confidence to talk any more with them about it. I am still working on trying to be myself and be out in other spaces because I have felt so scared to do so and be wrong. Your email really helped me find some clarity and reflection, and I just feel so much better like I can finally take a breath. Thank you so much. Oh, man. So that, that is why I share these emails, yeah. to give all of you that peace opportunity to just grab peace instead yeah. of the craziness. And that, yeah, and everyone breathes together. I mean, that's a wonderful takeaway. And we included it here to give you hope that you too can press into the peace of God that transcends understanding. I mean, isn't that what you were told in church? (laughs) As for looking around and feeling that everyone is in agreement. First of all, they're not, especially now, they're not. But second, That is what controlling power structures do, is make it very costly for you to disagree. (laughs) They pretend everyone's in agreement and then make you pay with everything important to you if you disagree. Anyone experience that? Just like a cult. They also seal the exits, or try to, (laughs) seal the exits to keep you trapped if they possibly can. It's no wonder people stay in the closet And being in a closet can be very costly to the person hiding for the fear of being found out and also of not being known. But we have no problem with someone bold-faced lying, saying they're straight or cisgender when they're not, just as I would have no problem lying to authorities about the slave that I've hidden for their own safety. Because the higher authority, God, spirit, the universe, justice, is on our side is on your side. You are not the one that needs to defend yourself. You are not the one that needs to defend your beliefs. You, beloved, are all good as you are for who you are. Don't ever forget that. We love you. We love you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Would it be okay? 
If I were to tell you that I am afraid someday, so I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant, inclusive community for you at freedhearts.org. Please just come say hello. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for the podcast, just email us at podcast at freedhearts.org. Audio engineering is provided by Luke Johnson. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Center. You can find out more about her and her music at heystcenter.com. Please share, subscribe and follow on your favorite platform, and support us if you can. Thanks for listening.